This is an Australian Museum podcast. Welcome to Amplify, a regular conversation featuring Australian Museum Director and CEO Kim McKay, speaking to researchers, scientists and other fascinating people from behind the scenes at the Australian Museum. Hello and welcome to Amplify. I'm Kim McKay, the Director and CEO at the Australian Museum. And I am just thrilled today to have with us one of our fantastic creative producers in the Pacific Collections area, the wonderful Karen Rookie. Karen, welcome along to Amplify. Thank you, Kim. Now, you've been at the Australian Museum since 2012, but you've had a much longer association than that, haven't you? Where did it start? Well, I first became aware that you had a fantastic, well, that there was a fantastic Pacific collection here back in the mid-90s when I was studying and started to use the um, collection as a way of reconnecting with my own cultural heritage in New Zealand. So, you know, of the 60,000 fantastic objects in the Pacific collection, I think we've got about 1,500 from New Zealand. So it was awesome for me, living away from New Zealand, to have a contact point back to my culture through the collections. Fantastic. So what part of New Zealand are you from? Well, I'm from, I was born in Christchurch, but my tribal affiliations are to the middle of the North Island to a tribe called Tainui. And what, what are the Tainui known for? Well, Tainui is actually the name of the waka or the canoe that we are descended from. So we, um, when we're identifying ourselves, we sometimes identify ourselves through our tribal name. So my tribal um, name is Nati Maniapoto, or we talk about the area that we come from, which um, for me is um, Tikwiti, or we talk about um, the canoe that we're descended from, which is for me Tainui. And tell me about that canoe. Well, I don't know much about it off the top of my head. Um, it was, I think, supposed to have gotten to New Zealand somewhere back in the late 1800s, I think. Mm-hmm. I think. Don't quote me on that. Um, but it's sort of, uh, it's, it demarks a, a land area, so it, which is where how we all fit, fit and connect. And yes. Fantastic. So at what age did you decide to start studying Maori culture in this way and Pacific culture? Well, I had a weird experience of starting to study um, visual arts. So I went over to WA and I was studying over there and I was sort of connecting with the Indigenous community over that side and identifying really strongly with them but realising they weren't my culture. They were what actually catapulted me back home probably around 1989, 1990. And so I ended up studying back in New South Wales, did a visual arts degree and ended up going home to New Zealand to learn how to do traditional weaving with all my other female relatives and a host of other fantastic, fantastic weavers. Because weaving is such a way of bringing that culture together, isn't it? it, it it's been a tradition that is being kept well and truly alive and now flourishes because of the teaching that you've been involved in. Tell us how weaving happens in that community. Well, we're really lucky we have um, uh, meeting houses or marae, uh, which are like big community spaces that we gather at. So different um, iwi or hapu, smaller groupings of people um, have these meeting houses. And we use those um, for a variety of things, including 
what we call hui, which are gatherings. So when you have a weaving hui, you all come together and you might stay there for a couple of days and it's like an intensive workshop experience where you live together, share stories together, eat together and learn together. So it's a really awesome way to uh, reconnect and learn as much as you can about your culture. (laughs) And are only women involved in that? Um, No, men come to some of our weaving hui. Um, I I was at one last year up at Ahipara in the North Island. It was our national weaving hui and we had a few men actually even going for the um, the, um, weaving groups committee. So that was really cool, yeah. Fantastic. Now you've brought along a few objects today from our wonderful Pacific collection examples of Maori weaving and it's from flax tell us about that yep that's um yep harakeke we call it or pormium tenix I think is the um, botanical name but flax was the main plant that we used um, when we got to New Zealand we had to change what we knew from you know our Pacific ancestors brought their knowledge about a lot of things that didn't grow like the pandanus that didn't grow in New Zealand and even the bark cloth the um or the paper mulberry tree which bark cloth is taken from doesn't grow that that far south either it's too cold down there so they had to adapt to the materials that were around and flax was growing in abundance and yeah that's what they used to weave almost everything with so of course in our collection and also in the wonderful collections at Tapapa in New Zealand there are the beautiful feather Maori cloaks and you were telling me that it's flax actually that's woven and used on the interior of those coats yeah so inside the flax um a plant or the flax blade you well we I use a muscle shell to extract the fiber and the fiber is actually it's like it looks like silk when it comes out it's so beautiful we call it muka and you ply that it's it's spun on your leg and you make a whole lot of what we call fenu which are the like the warp threads in weaving and then um, they are all woven together with ahu which are are the weft threads and they form a foundation structure which then the feathers are actually, well, they're at the feathers, if if it is a feather cloak, are woven into the structure as you're going along with your weaving. They're really beautiful and they're really warm and, yeah, we've got a few fantastic ones in our collection here, so we're really lucky. Yeah, we sure do. Now, we all know, those of us who live on the east coast of Australia, particularly that there are so many New Zealanders who live in Australia, our brothers and sisters across the Tasman. And so you've moved here and you've had your family here as well. Mm. And you are very connected to the community of Pacific Islanders and Maori people who live in Sydney, aren't you? Yeah. So ever since I, well, since I've been here, even I suppose more recently, my whole career has really been about uh, based around uh, community engagement and um, the collection material so collections community and art I suppose are the three main driving forces behind me and I actually live out in western Sydney where a lot of our community are I think the Pacific uh, population is biggest in Blacktown they're mm-hmm. the biggest group uh, the indigenous and then the Pacific group are the biggest population out in Blacktown LGA um, I live in Campbelltown and we have a really big Pacific community out there so um, a lot of the community come in through uh, and look at the collections and use the collections as, as a way of reconnecting with cultural heritage and cultural knowledge and sometimes when we bring the elders in they have so many stories it's quite incredible sitting with them and 
In the two years I've been at the museum, I think the most special day for me was when we had elders from the Ngāpui tribe and yeah. in northern New Zealand come in, and I was actually made a Ngāpui princess that day. Yeah, that was pretty special. I was here then too. <laughs> it was so special. It was it was just a remarkable experience, mm-hmm. but especially seeing those elders connect with our collection here. And, of course, the Australian Museum's been collecting across the whole Pacific region mm. since the early 1800s. So that's why we do have this very significant Melanesian and Polynesian collection, which does just tell amazing stories about Pacific history, but also about, I guess, white colonisation of the Pacific too. Yeah, yeah. And I think... For me, having those, um, uh, having the community be able to connect with the collections is one of the most important things because a lot of our people here in New South Wales especially don't know that this collection exists. So when you open the doors up, they're just amazed. You know, you see some quite moving things and they come out with the best stories too. I think I had the um, Samoan seniors from Campbelltown in here one day and they were telling me about a club that we had in the collection and they were saying that there was a song that goes with it and the song tells you who you can hit with the club and how hard you can hit them. So. <laughs> well, maybe I'm glad it was locked up. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that great? Now, uh, you know, uh, just for the people listening who haven't seen the Pacific Collection here at the Australian Museum, it's stored across three floors in a basement, and it is incredibly extensive from very large canoes mm-hmm. collected from all over the region to very small little pieces of jewellery made from shell, just an extraordinary collection and we were very fortunate about 12 months ago in fact I think it was you know it was 12 months ago today that we opened Pacific Spirit yeah we opened the Pacific Spirit Gallery which is our first ability to have a real glimpse into that collection I was breathtaking when I saw it Mm -hmm. and particularly I love those Malagan masks from Papua New Guinea from the islands of New Britain and New Ireland and Northeast PNG and the incredible skill but also the spirits that live inside them as well yeah. and I, I said to those masks don't worry fellas we're going to spring you out of here <laughs> and now they're out on the floor so people at least can have a window into the collection but it, it feels so good to be able to show people from the local community who are either living in Australia now or who visit us and we we have visitors from all over the Pacific mm. constantly uh, we had a wonderful group last year from the Bishop Museum in Hawaii yep. who came uh, of course because we hold the cook collection here yep. 270 mm. ethnographic items that Cook and Banks collected That's on right. his final voyage through the Pacific yep and they're really important historical pieces and they are what I suppose um, help us to contextualise the contemporary pieces as well. So, you know, that showing that continuum of culture is really important, that the collections are still really important, that we still make these objects mm. and they still hold the spirit of our ancestors or our present-day community as well, you know. They're imbued with the energy of our ancestors. They really are. And you feel quite moved, I think, when you see those objects. You, you, I don't know how you could fail not to be moved yeah. by the beauty and I, I think it does reflect the beauty of the Pacific as well because I know one of the other projects that you're very focused on is the impact of climate change yeah. across the Pacific. Yeah that's right and the museum's done quite a bit of work in this area but 
I suppose um, uh, f- for me with the Pacific community living here and what's happening out there with Cyclone Winston and all the other pretty ha- hardcore weather, you know, events, it's pretty serious and the, our, you know, local community are really concerned about that. So it's quite a bit of a talking point still today. Well, and we know that these weather events are going to become more frequent and more intense. Mm. And we're seeing Pacific Islanders, not just in Tuvalu but other islands as well, um, having seawater inundation yep. on a regular basis into their townships, into buildings. Mm. And when we sort of live in a safe and sound community, we forget that these people are struggling with these issues every day and are actually facing relocation. Yep, that's right. And in 2014, we did a partnership project with Blacktown Art Centre and um, we had some of the uh, Pacific artists in and around Sydney come in and um, connect with the collections to create work that was actually about, um, I suppose, those stories from the islands and what's happening out there. So that was the Stitching the Sea project. Yeah, great project. And we've just seen at the Paris Climate Change Talks, of course, leaders of Pacific Island nations taking a leading role there and also Mm. again in New York to have the treaty signed. It's so important that people here realise that this is impacting on Pacific Islanders' lives every day. Yeah. And and it's it's not just worrying about something in 50 years' time. These people are going to have to be moved before then, well before then. It's pretty tragic what's happening. It's pretty serious. It is. So it's why I guess museums are important. People might say, well, why do you have this big collection down in the basement? Why isn't it all out on display? Or or why don't you have it cast far and wide? It's very important to have a place, isn't it, that's centred, that collects that history, and then we can Mm -hmm. share from there. Well, it's one of the fascinating things when um, our community do come into the collections is a lot of the times they're seeing things that they haven't seen before so they're either not being made anymore out in their islands or you know they just haven't been around for a long time so a lot of what the collection does for community it uh, well the community um, revitalize a lot of those practices or a lot of those objects through you know copying what's in here or recreating what's in here so in that way it's a really important connection to culture really important that collection and of course we're trying to digitize it as well so people Mm. far and wide can share in that and look at the objects and look at them in a 3d way as well and you know these the basket you've brought in today as well this these beautiful examples of traditional weaving but using in a modern day context yeah it shows that we've got a lot to learn from our ancestors haven't we that's right (laughs) we sure do you can't take them for granted and these objects are what we call taonga tukuiho you know they're treasures handed down from our ancestors well it's great to speak to you today karen about those treasures and thank you so much for the work you do in bringing those treasures to communities both here in Australia and right across the Pacific. Thank you. This has been an Australian Museum podcast. 